Hello and welcome to Base Creators video series Success Through Lockdown, where each week I look far and wide for some of the more unsung entrepreneurial superheroes who've overcome lockdown and are ready to share their ideas with me. Last week we had Caroline Banks and Matt Dukes who showed us a new innovative platform called the V Art Show and how it brings artists and art buyers together in real time, all in the comfort of their own home. You can see that interview on the Base Creators website now. Earlier this week, when my hair and my clothes were different, I spoke with Ben Corbett, the marketing and content manager for in-person events company, F2F Events. Almost overnight, when the UK's face-to-face -face events for the foreseeable had to be canceled or postponed, Ben had to pivot their entire communications. But he had a cunning plan to keep their community and their followers happy, all using social media. Let's find out how. Okay, I'm joined by Ben Corbett from F2F uh, Events. Ben, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks a lot for uh, inviting me for a chat. It's my pleasure. Um, so a lot of people have been asking and are certainly curious about how events companies are surviving during lockdown. What was what was your reaction um, when you knew we were going into lockdown and you didn't know when we were going to be coming out? Well, I mean, I think essentially, really, we'd have to say our first reaction was concerned. I mean, it's the equivalent of... Uh, Jack Daniels being told you're going into prohibition because effectively we've got tens of thousands of consumers coming to our events, huge events, uh, the, the, the biggest allergy and free from show in, in Europe, at least perhaps the world. And that's been made illegal essentially for a certain amount of months. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a big concern for us. Um, but also it, it required for us to act quickly. Uh, start rearranging our shows, uh, postponing, finding times when, when based on assumptions, because that's all we really have at, at this point. It's, it's, I'm not going to use the unprecedented word because it's been used enough, but obviously none of us really know what's going to happen. So financial planning, organization based on assumptions, we were looking at four months with zero revenue so even cash flow stuff like that rearranging sales and marketing strategies uh yeah it was it wasn't a time to stop that's for sure it was a time for action really so you had you had you got two flagship events that's right and um you know come when are those when were those events due to be on okay so we do we do a number of events uh, f2f um we have uh, five over the year that are big ones. And there's two brands within those events, which is Just V Show, which is our vegan, vegetarian, plant-based show, and the Allergy and Free From Show, which is free from allergy food and, uh, and products and stuff like that. And we had our biggest shows coming up, which were in London in July uh, at the Excel Center. So, uh, yes, they were coming up in, in July of, 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 of this summer, yeah. How many people would they normally attract? Uh, we're looking at thirty-five to forty thousand people okay. at least. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a three-day event, uh, and yeah, tens tens of thousands of people. So it was that kind of number that you had to to let down essentially and say, "Look, it's not happening." Uh, what was their reaction? 
Um, I mean, luckily for us, I think everyone was really understanding at that time. And the fact that we could say to them that we have acted quickly, we've um, secured a time that we believe we're going to be able to run the show in October, uh, as opposed to saying um, you can't come to and see us this year, I think meant a lot to people. Yeah. I think in all truth, especially early on, I know things are starting to open up a little bit now. I don't think people wanted to come up and come out and, and, and mix at that time. So I think people welcomed the news uh, that they weren't going to have to make that difficult decision for themselves and that they were still going to have an opportunity to, to come to our shows because a lot of people rely on them. We've got some vulnerable people, particularly within mm-hmm. the allergy community that rely on the information and and the access to products that that we provide right so like many events though a lot of the revenue is going to come from exhibitors sponsors and those people obviously now there's not a show going on so the revenue stops what what was the kind of response from exhibitors and sponsors then I mean, we because our shows are really are so big. Um, we work with a huge sort of variety of of people. I think lucky for us in some ways, working in the food sector uh, predominantly means that there was still there's still demand for food. So our exhibitors, on the most part, are still running businesses, and uh, I think that's that's a good thing. Obviously, for us, it's a good yeah. thing for them. But we have a range from sort of mum and pop stores to huge companies, the biggest in in free from and in vegan vegetarian. Uh, And I think that the other side of it is that our visitors that that provide the income to those businesses, they don't have a choice on still using those brands. Because if you have an allergy or or something like that, you, you, you can't compromise on what you eat. If you've become vegan or vegetarian based on ethical or moral reasons, again, you're not going to compromise on what you eat. So um, although there was a a palpable atmosphere of nervousness, I would say, particularly at the beginning, but that was the case for every company. And perhaps priorities were maybe focused on immediate and short-term goals getting through the next few months. Um, We weren't particularly worried about the majority of our of our um partners and uh and customers and exhibitors uh going out of business as such i would say okay and then i suppose it's the the kind of sixty four thousand dollar question what do events companies doing what is f2f doing now that we're in lockdown how have you guys managed to stay relevant and also keep loyalty within your your visitor base I think that, yeah, that is the key question. And that's the first thing as, you know, leading the marketing department that, that I thought about. Um, and interestingly, uh, just before lockdown began, I sat down with uh, my di- company director and the CEO. And I said, I would like to sort of change our marketing strategy a little bit and move to more content based marketing. So rather than just saying, when the show's here, this is what's going to be happening. Book your tickets. We want. I wanted to move to make our social media channels and our website a central hub for the allergy free from world uh, on the Just Be side, a central hub for vegan, vegetarian, plant based world. And part of being in a small team that runs really, really big events is that you don't necessarily have the time to make those changes. And really. I don't want to call it an opportunity as such, because obviously there's 
been so many horrible things going on in the world as a result uh, I think it would be sort of insensitive to say that mm-hmm. but it did give me time uh, and it gave me uh, just the room to look at providing something for the community that's not necessarily directly related to the show which I think uh, actually develops a stronger relationship between us and our visitors um, so what we started doing was running a weekly live show that we put out on Facebook and YouTube called the, well, two of them, the Allergy and Free From Show Chat and the, and Just V Show Chat. And just when, when we're at our shows, um, as well as the exhibitors, we have content theatres. So people come and they listen to talks and stuff like that. And what we're effectively, we're doing is bringing those online. Uh, so I was having a couple of people um, interviewed every week, uh, one for each show, and people just c- came and watched and talked in the comments. And you know, people that are often shielding and stuff like that due to their severe allergies or other other medical issues were able to come watch the show, chat to each other while they watch the show, and and engage with people that way without always shoving the the, the show the, the the live event in their in their faces. Do you know what I mean? Just just say come and have the time to to engage with us all right this is interesting then so you the the model has shifted you're now kind of um the 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 channel is now digital rather than in person uh you're still delivering the great content that visitors would otherwise come to the face-to-face shows for um how is that how is that how is your kind of revenue model adapted to to um to just doing uh digital versions of the the shows I think that when we're talking revenue, we're, we're, we're talking still about potential in terms of digital and online. Um, we are still running our show. Uh, it's been pushed back, but I think to make those shows successful, I think it's important for our customers and our exhibitors to remain engaged with us and to see that, we, that they can trust us mm-hmm. and that we will make the right decisions and we know what we're doing. Uh, and I think that by doing the live shows and by staying engaged, uh, not only with the visitors, but with brands as well, uh, we have been able to show them that we are, they can trust us and we're going to make those right decisions. Um, equally, we have had people get in contact with us to say, you know, we might be interested in, you know, sponsorship opportunities because because we we have that for our show. You can sponsor a uh, a learning theatre or you can have overall sponsorship, and this is another string to our bow uh, in terms of sponsorship. Um, but it's something we're growing. Uh, we've got sort of twelve to fourteen thousand views a week. Our click through and our watch through is good. It's kept registrations up as well. People have still been registering for the show just from having that contact with us. The in person. So show. I think, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the event. Um, I, I would say that it's not a direct revenue stream, but it's definitely feeding into keeping our event that we're doing later on this year. Uh, and at the forefront of people's minds. So it's about staying relevant during lockdown so that when the face-to-face shows do come back, um, they're they're fresh and in the forefront of your visitors and the brands and the sponsors' minds. Um, Do you think this is going to stay then as something you'd like to keep, maybe in between the shows? Uh, We undoubtedly will. 
Um, it's been, when I started it, I wasn't expecting it to be as big as it is, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, uh, my main priority at the start was um, I want to stay engaged with our visitors uh, without talking about the show at a time when talking about the show, I mean, the event uh, might make them nervous at the beginning of lockdown. Uh, and immediately I had people that I've tried to get to come and speak at the live event contacting me and saying, can I come on your chat show? Uh, and as a result, I've had people that have been on The Apprentice. I've had people that have been on Bake Off. I've got a MasterChef winner coming in this week. Wow. People that historically have been, you know, they're not easy people to book to say, can you come and spend, you know, a day down at an events center somewhere in, in London or Birmingham or Glasgow. But to say can you spend 20 minutes sitting at your computer in your kitchen is actually a much easier sell <laughs> so um we've we've sort of been able to engage with people that previously we we might not have been able to uh in terms of um people that we can get in for content which has been really good and, and perhaps some of those relationships might lead to them coming to events now that that we've spoken to them so it's it's almost lead generating in in mm. some ways as well which is something i wasn't wasn't expecting at all um i do have yeah. uh, one question you normally i sort of ask uh, what advice you would give your kind of pre-lockdown self um you know if you could step back in time and go back to march early march what actually what i'm really interested in is what advice you would give other events companies who I'm sure who who were thinking at the time this is our only stream of revenue has now just completely gone as you said like yeah like if you were selling alcohol during prohibition but what what would be the advice you might give other events companies who are uh, currently still struggling and thinking how we can stay relevant I think that um, it's widely known amongst the event industry that one of the big flaws of being involved with the events is that you create a huge community like like we have um around allergy and plant-based and then you don't see those people for a year so uh you're a small team you're working on a huge show and your mind is always on what's next show what's coming up next what do i have to do now yeah. and then i'm leading into glasgow and i haven't spoken to our london community for six months for nine months and the thing that we really wanted to do the thing that we've always talked about the 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 sort of the gold of of, of what you can achieve is being engaged with that community the entire time um and what happened in march was I had time and we still have time to have a clean slate, uh, review everything, order everything. What we were doing, we were doing some brilliant, many, many, many brilliant things, but no one doesn't have time to improve what they're doing. And this was the opportunity to tweak, to work smarter uh, and to make sure that we're relevant and using all the tools that we have at our disposal. When you've been running a show for eight, 10 years, just in terms of technology uh, and the tools that you have to engage community, you know, I haven't, you know, we haven't necessarily had time to sit down and look at those tools and figure out what we can use in terms of uh, putting branding on screen and bringing in several people at the same time to, to talk about a, a, a topic on a, on a live show. So yeah, I, I think I would have said to myself, 
you've got time to audit everything now. You've got time to look at everything. Yeah. I'd say to other people, this is an opportunity to find a way to, to be uh, connected with your entire audience all year round. The, the, the tools are out there. You just need the time to explore them. All right, cool, Ben. And if people want to find out more about the, the show, both the online version and the in-person in October, how can they do that? So if you go to allergyshow.co.uk, you can book tickets for our London and Birmingham show. All our tickets are always free. Um, so you can get there and you can book tickets for that. Uh, Justvshow.co.uk. Once again, we have a show coming up in London in October. You can book tickets for that as well. Or just uh, search for The Allergy and Free From Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Just Be Show on the same places. Uh, you can also catch the live chats on YouTube as well as Facebook goes out at the same time. So yeah, just, just look for us there. We're not difficult to find. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, appreciate you uh, spending time with me and giving some advice to our viewers as well. Uh, and it sounds like the October show is is pretty much going ahead. So fingers crossed for that. Thanks for your time, Ben. No worries. Cheers, Ian. Cheers, Ian. Bye. Awesome. And another quick thanks to Ben and F2F for spending some time with me in that interview earlier this week. If you have comments, you have suggestions, or you have an opinion about what we've mentioned in this series, please, please do leave it in the comments or you can get in touch with me. We've got a question for Ben. You can get in touch with him. Details on the screen in about two seconds time. Thanks very much for watching.